0: Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that we can consider you this afternoon and, and think about you. Thank you for the two precious days you have given us so far to, to consider you, to think about your beautiful person, to think of, of your suffering, to think of how you went doing good. And Lord Jesus, we are privileged to be here this afternoon to to hear about you and to and to study Thy Word. Lord Jesus, we humble ourselves before you, and we we just ask you for help to to understand and to receive the gospel. We pray for those that you have been working with. We we thank you for. Those that you have been preparing the heart and we ask you that you may save whomever is here this afternoon that has not received you as as the savior. And we just ask you this, Lord Jesus, in, in your name and commit this time to you that the Holy Spirit may may talk through your seven and, and we just ask you this in your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Alright, I've really enjoyed the. This is actually my first camp here in Australia, so it's been a very good time. Um, and it's amazing to consider about the Lord Jesus Christ, His life, and and especially that now we are gonna consider the gospel. It's it's interesting because all throughout the camp we have been thinking about His, um, how He was anointed, how He went doing good. Um, how we were thinking about his sufferings. Um, we were thinking also um, about how he humbled himself, and and literally, it's it's amazing to consider his person. He's a beautiful person, and, and he's the reason why we are here this afternoon. And and I'm gonna I would like to, to start asking you three questions. And the first, these these questions are very personal. You don't have to give me your answer, or you don't have to give your answer to the person close to you. But think about this. Um, Let's answer this this question in your heart. Uh, So the first one is: Do you have eternal life? That's that's an important question that we may ask ourselves. I do really have eternal life. The other question, second question, is: Are you truly saved? Have you ever considered the word salvation? Do you understand what's that? And where and with whom are you going to spend your eternity? That's, uh, those are three questions that I would like to, to touch on this afternoon. And we are going to speak about three people in the Bible that spoke, that were thinking about this eternal life, salvation and eternity. And in asking you these questions, I'm just trying to classify men or society or the world into two types of, or into, into two groups. So one group, people who have eternal life and those who do not have eternal life, those who are saved and those who are condemned, those who will spend their eternity with the Lord Jesus and those who won't do it. So... It's it's beautiful for us as um who stand like those who stand here, it's a privilege to um to simply share what the Lord has put in our hearts. Um, and and think about this that before you leave this camp, you may say, I have eternal life. That before you leave this camp, you might say with confidence, I am saved. That before leaving this camp you must say I will spend my eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. And not just because you, you think someone told you, oh, I'm telling you this, but because the Bible says so. And because the Lord Jesus is speaking to the Bible to you. Um, some of you might say, oh, but God is very far away. How is he speaking to me now? Well, the truth is that we have the Bible and the Bible is God speaking to you. So in saying you this... Let's start um, with the first person. So the first person that we are going to touch on this, this afternoon is in the Gospel of Luke. So if you have your Bible, you can go to the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. And let's go to verse 25. So remember, first thing that we are going to touch on is eternal life. The second thing is salvation. And the last one is eternity. So let's start with eternal life. You may ask, how do I get eternal life? Or what is eternal life? Well, that's one question that someone asked the Lord Jesus. So if you go to Luke chapter 10 and you go to verse 25, I'm going to use the New King James. And it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So we have a, a lawyer, a different translation says, a doctor of the law. So this person is, is someone who has been studying um, the Old Testament, or more specifically the first five books um, in deep. and And he's asking the Lord Jesus. It says he's testing him. And why is he testing him? I guess... That's not a good question to ask. He's saying, What what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Like when you think about that, he's trying to say, What can I do to get eternal life? But that's 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 very selfish when we when we turn to this question because it's not about what you can do, but it's about what someone did, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, the only one who can give us this eternal life. And and I'll explain and expand a little bit on this. So the Lord Jesus in verse 26 replies to him, what do you understand? Like he's asking him, you are an expert in the law. You are a doctor of the law. You should know how, how you could get eternal life. And then in verse 27, if we all read with me, it says, he answered and said, the Lord Jesus is, an, oh, sorry. The, this lawyer, or this doctor of the law is replying to the Lord Jesus and says, you shall love God your God. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And just to just to clarify, is that's not a wrong answer because the Lord Jesus in verse um in verse 28 says, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. So this afternoon I can come to you and say all right, guys, so what you have to do to inherit eternal life is to love God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, with all your understanding. Is that easy, right? Very easy. And then, and then I'm telling you, and you have to go and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and you have to do it perfectly, like no mistake. And then um, this life is your opportunity to get that eternal life. Can I ask you, do you think this man was able to love God in that way? Or maybe, can I ask you that personally, to yourself, each one of you? Do you love God with all your strength, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? And we come to a problem. And that problem is that this is the summary of the law. This is the summary of the Old Testament or the law of Moses, we can say. And if you remember, we have the Ten Commandments. Um, and the Ten Commandments are divided in two. So we have one section that speaks about my relationship with God. And the second section speaks about my relationship with my partner or with my neighbor or with th- that person who is close to me. So we can think that the first section, which is, you shall love your, your Lord or you shall love the Lord with all your heart, soul, strength and mind. Um, you can test yourself. And one of the first things that the law is telling us is you shall not have all the gods a part of me, or you shall not um, commit adultery, uh, sorry, uh, idolatry. Um, and perhaps we don't have, or we don't worship, or we don't praise these gods Um, that they have in the Bible, in the Old Testament, but. We worship other things nowadays. We worship money. We worship position. We worship wealth. We worship these sort of things. And if you if, if I test of if the scriptures test us personally, we have not loved God with all our heart, strength and soul, because there are other things on the way. Sometimes, or you can think personally, money is here and God is here, position is here, success, wealth, and God is here, so we can say that we haven't loved God with all ourselves and and that's a very good that's that's a very um that's a very big challenge that we have in our lives. Then the second section is about my relationship with my neighbor, and in that relationship with my neighbor, we know that um, the law is testing us in terms of don't telling lies, don't steal, don't, don't, do not steal, or, or do not do things that harm my neighbor or the person who is close to me. But the reality is that we are not able to do that. We have something in, within us which is called sin. And that's the flesh or that's something that it's all another obstacle to love God with all our strength and to love my neighbor as myself. Um, so we can see this person. So the first answer to that question about, um, about eternal life is that we have to love God with all ourselves, but the reality is that we haven't done it. So the response to that question is like, well, we don't have eternal life then because we haven't done that. Um, or actually this guy would say that, but he tried to justify himself. Then if we read in verse um, 29, he wanted to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? So perhaps this guy who was a religious leader, he thought, oh, yes, I've loved God with all my strength, all my soul. Yeah, that's easy. And but who is my neighbor? But think that you are in front of the Lord Jesus. Think yourself personally that he's in front of you. Um, and he's telling you that you have to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Um, Could you be able to say, yes, I have done it, or yes, I'm perfect, yes? Well, the Bible challenges because we haven't. The story that the Lord Jesus will speak to this man, which is the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, is very interesting because it will help us to understand a little bit more about about this. Um, so, very quickly, if you read with me in verse 30, the Lord Jesus will expand a little bit more about this. He's saying that. Um, let's read very quickly from verse 30 in Luke chapter 10. It says, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, two different cities. There, he was a traveler from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among thieves who's, who stripped him of his clothing. Wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. So, think, think, think of yourself. You are traveling um, from one city to, a diff- to another city, and then in the way, many bad things happen to you. So, that's something that happened to this, to this guy. He fell among thieves, they stole him all his money, um, they stripped him of his clothing. They wounded him and they they leave him half dead. And now we are gonna see three people that were walking by and they saw him. The first person is a priest. So the priest is coming down that road. He saw him. Um he didn't do anything, he was unable to help him. It says that he saw him but he passed by. Then you can tell me who is the second person? It's in verse thirty two. It's a Levite. So a, a second person... So you, you think of, of this man who was a traveler from... It says from Jerusalem to Jericho. And you can see him. He's just down there in the floor. And then you, the first person is the priest. And the priest saw this man, but he doesn't care about that man. He just walked. He just passed by. And then the second man is a Levite. And the Levite saw the man just there, and then he just passed by. He didn't do anything. <laughs> And then the, the last person is a Samaritan. If you, you read with me in verse 33, it says, A Samaritan, he was journeying and then came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So this person, the number three, he's a Samaritan. And he saw him. And he has compassion in him. And he bowed down and he helped him. And you can see that he, he, he does a lot of things for him. He was moved with compassion. Um, he went to him he bandaged his wounds in verse 34 um, he put on him oil and wine and he set him on his own animal so he did a lot of things for him he loved him he had compassion in him um, and that's that's so amazing that's the love that's a selfless love so this samaritan he came to him he helped him not as the priest and the levite And we can think why this story is important. Why why this story is important about eternal life. What What is the Lord Jesus trying to teach this man? And the reality is that we can identify ourselves as this man, as the first man who was a traveler, who fell into the hands of thieves, who was stripped of his clothes, who was half dead. We can think in ourselves, spiritually speaking, as death. Those who we were born by our parents we were living yes probably a religious life maybe you are going to you are going to church maybe you are going to an assembly maybe you are trying to do good works maybe um your parents are believers maybe um you are you are trying to be a good person and yeah you do a lot of things um and maybe you think that's the way to get eternal life but then in in this context um the Lord Jesus is telling this man who is the lawyer, um, you, are half de- you are dead, you cannot do anything. Imagine this man who fall into the hands of thieves trying to help himself. He's unable to do anything. He's just there half dead. And then um, the first thing that we see in the story is a priest. And the priest could speak to us about the law, about doing good things, um, to get to salvation, good, doing good things to get salvation and to and to get eternal life. But the reality is as the priest, he just passed by. He didn't do it. He was unable to do it. And if you try to rely yourself in doing good works to get eternal life, that's wrong. That's impossible. And the second one is the Levite. And the Levite speaks about someone who is religious, someone who, who tried to do good things to please God. Um, Probably the first one, the priest speaks more about the commandments. Um, Do not steal. Maybe you try not to steal. You try not to lie. You try um, not to do bad things. You try to respect your parents. But the the truth is that um, that's impossible to to fulfill the law perfectly. And on the second hand, we have the Levite. And the Levite speaks someone who is religious, who perhaps tries to go to church to please God, or perhaps who... ...try to repeat prayers or try to repeat the thing that others are doing. But the truth is that the priest and the Levite, they were not able to help him. And in the last, in the last case, in verse 33, we learn about the Samaritan. And the Samaritan was moved with compassion. And that's something that we think... When we, see, when we think about the word compassion, the Lord Jesus came to our minds. Why? Because the Lord Jesus was moved with compassion towards people... And he helped people. And in the same way, it's only the Lord Jesus who is able to help us. Let us think again on on the verse that this man is quoting from the Old Testament. It says, you shall love your Lord with all your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind. Let us humble ourselves and think that the only person who is able to fulfill this is the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is the only one who was able to love God with all his heart soul strength and mind and we learn that today he was able to humble himself the lord jesus being in the form of god he came down from heaven to die for you and to die for me that's the great love of the lord jesus he did it in obedience to the father but in the same way it says that he loved love your neighbor as yourself and when when we think of this imagine the lord jesus dying for for his enemies the lord jesus dying for those who do not deserve it. the Lord Jesus dying for you personally. And in this, what we can learn and what we can understand is that we can identify ourselves with this traveler. We can identify ourselves and say, I'm half dead, I'm dead, I cannot do anything. The priest or the Ten Commandments, they cannot help me to be saved. Why? Because it's impossible to me to... To fulfill them. I haven't done it. And then the Levite. Is speaking about. Being religious. Those things. Are. Unable to help you. To. To please God. In terms of salvation. Only the Lord Jesus. He can do it. And then. Just to. Just to summarize. This first section. Um, let's say. Eternal life. The only one. Who is able to. To get that. Eternal life. Is. The Lord, Jesus one, the Lord Jesus Christ who was able to fulfill the law. And, and we are going to understand that we ourselves, we can enjoy this as well. Not because we deserve it, but because the Lord Jesus is able to share that with us. And let's think about the second person. Maybe you can ask, how is this possible? Let's, let's think now into the second person. Let's go with me to, to Acts chapter 16. And, and we are going to find out a little bit more about the second thing that I told you. So, the first thing is eternal life. Um, that knowledge of God, that relationship with God, that wonderful thing called eternal life. And the second thing is salvation. Um, and in Acts chapter 16, from verse 25, very quickly we are going to read about Paul and Silas. It says that at midnight, from verse 25, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So a little bit of context, Paul and Silas were speaking the glad tidings, so they were preaching Christ in a city called Philippi. Um, and... um. And at the same time, um, these two, Paul and Silas, they were put to prison. Why? Because they were faithful to God. Um, and we are going to learn a little bit more about them. They, they were shut into prison and someone called the jailer, he got responsibility about them. We see um, in verse 26, so just to give you a little bit of context, Paul and Silas, they are in prison because they were in a city called Philippi. And they were preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. They were preaching um, the glad tidings to the Jews there. And then these people stirred up a big company and then they put them into prison. And that's one of the things that we might experience in life. As believers, when we are faithful to the Lord, we we may find persecution. We may find obstacles. We may find suffering. But how beautiful the testimony of Paul and Silas, they were praying and singing hymns to God. Imagine, Imagine them being chained, chained their hands, chained their feet, being in the worst place possible in a prison which is cold, dark, and it's very horrible. And they were thankful to God that they were able to face persecution for his name. That's perhaps a very great testimony that we can learn from these two faithful people. But let's, let's go back to a word, salvation. How can we learn salvation from this story? And then it says in verse 26, remember, Paul and Silas in the prison, and then it says, suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, verse 26, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. So not only Paul and Silas were in that prison, but so many other prisoners. That was a big jail. And then... A miracle, something miraculously happened. And it's that um, the doors were open and the chains were broken. And imagine these people who were in prison. Like they would have walked away or run away because that was their opportunity to do it. But they didn't do it. And we are going to learn about that. In verse 27, "...the keeper of the prison, awaking from his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled." Draw his sword and was about to kill himself. So we learn from the story that this keeper of the prison or the jailer, he had the responsibility to keep these prisoners within the jail. And now, um, when we woke up and when we saw the prison, maybe he thought all these prisoners just run away because. Something happened. the doors were open um and he would have thought, Wow, like all the all the prisoners just escaped, right, so he was in trouble. The jailer was in trouble. Imagine someone has given you a responsibility guys and and you don't do it, or someone is giving you the responsibility to take care of i don't know someone like your young your young brother or perhaps an animal or you have to do something and you don't do it or imagine that your young brother disappear and then you are in great trouble you are in great like you feel that um something bad is going to happen to you and now in the same way think of this um jailer so they gave him a responsibility to fulfill but if you if you try to to put yourself in his position he was in great trouble he was Probably he would have died that's what was those were the things that perhaps um came to his mind and in the same way this this example teaches that um, many people may go through something similar. many people may go through perhaps suffering or they might be in a very bad situation, probably they would be um suffering from different things and if you think of this he was about to kill himself he was about to commit suicide and that's something very common nowadays too many different sufferings in the world loneliness or perhaps you may get bankrupt or maybe you can lose all your money or maybe you are in problems like, only God is able to know what's going on in your life. And, and you might perhaps consider suicide. Um, but let us think that always when you are going through these sort of circumstances, there is someone who is able to help you. And then in verse 29, we see that, Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And one verse before, verse 28, says that Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. So the jailer thought that all the prisoners had run away. But then Paul says to him, Do not commit suicide. Do not, do not, do not harm yourself. We are all here. Um, and then we are going to come to, the, to the most, one of the greatest questions in the scriptures. And it says, And he brought them out and said, says what must i do to be saved and we we will read very soon what's the answer for that but in here we come to the second second word that i gave you at the beginning salvation so the first one eternal life the second one salvation and then this guy is asking what should i do to be saved and sometimes we have to go to you have to go through a lot of difficulties um to get back to the very to the to this very important question, and the Lord Jesus is trying to tell us through this story that when someone goes to suffering, when someone goes to tribulation, when someone goes to a lot of um, pain, perhaps it's God, God calling you or calling Him to to make a decision in His life. Have you ever thought about salvation? Have you ever thought about what does it mean to be saved? Well, let us put ourselves in context. This person was suffering from what I told you was um the responsibility was upon him and maybe he was not able to fulfill it. But for us human beings, there is a greater fear that we should have, and is the fear of the great judgment that one day will come upon each one of oh that one day will come upon Um, unbelievers or upon the world and why is that because God will test the hearts of each person and those who um we will see the answer of this question and and I will expand a little bit more in verse 31 it says they said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved you and your household so one of the fears that we should have is that one day, God will judge the whole world. And we saw those who have loved God with all the heart, with all the strength, with all the soul, with all the mind, they deserve eternal life. Those who love the neighbor perfectly, they deserve eternal life. But then we thought and we said, right, but we ha- I haven't done it perfectly. What does it mean? Well, that I don't pass, the, I don't pass God's requirement. Um. And then we go here. So that's, that means that if we don't deserve that eternal life, then we are eternally condemned. So we can, we can compare ourselves with this person who is called the jailer, and we can say that I need to be saved, that I need someone to help me. If I'm not able to fulfill the law, if I'm not able to love God with all, my, with all myself, if I'm not able to love my neighbor as myself I need someone to help me and I told you before the the Samaritan was able to help the person who came um who was stripping from his clothes and who was stolen and in the same way salvation is all about the Lord Jesus Christ he was the one loving God with all him with all his soul and with all his strength and with all his mind and in the same way In here, it's saying that if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be saved. And that's beautiful. That's amazing. It's just to say that the Lord Jesus, who was with the Father in eternity past, he came to this world. He humbled himself, as we were learning from Peter, and he took your sins, my sins, in his body on the cross. He loved God perfectly. With all his mind, every single thought that the Lord Jesus had was towards doing, God, the, doing the Father's will. And when we think of um, his feelings, were all towards God. When we think of his heart, was towards the Father to do his will. And when we think of the Lord Jesus loving each other, we remember how he had compassion on the people. We remember how the Lord Jesus was, was able to heal many illnesses to do good to cast out demons he was the one who fed thousands of people he was the one who who did good um and we see the lord jesus fulfilling the requirement to get eternal life and again let's go back to the story of the jailer we think ourselves and we see well i haven't done it i have done so many bad things in my life I have on my parents. I have stolen. Um, I have wasted um, my time spending in in things that are not not righteous. Um, perhaps, maybe you are st- stuck in into an addiction, or perhaps you are stuck into something that is wrong. Um, and and you need you think that you need help, and you see that um, your conscience is telling you that. You need someone to help you. And the Lord Jesus is able to do that. Um, so from the, second, from the second story, we learn that in order to be saved, we have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and let's, let's go very quickly to the last one. And we are going to sort of summarize all these three stories. And in the last story, we are going to have someone who is the thief. So... Um, if we go to Luke chapter 23, let's go back to the Gospel of Luke. So in the first case, we have the doctor of the law. We have the lawyer. In the second case, we have the jailer. And in the last case, we are going to have someone who is the thief. In, the chapter, in chapter 23 of Luke, we are going to learn about a little bit more of what happened to the Lord Jesus. If we go to verse 39 we learn from from luke in chapter 23 that the lord jesus when he was crucified on the cross there were two people beside him two thieves we remember from um what peter was telling us just before that so many people the pharisees the sadducees they were they were just mocking at him and tempting him and telling him if you are god Come down from that cross. If you are God, save yourself. But now think of someone who was in the same position of the Lord Jesus, one who was crucified as him. And that's what we learn from verse 39. One of the criminals who was in the same position of the Lord Jesus crucified, it says that one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us. So we see one of the criminals. He was tempting the Lord Jesus. He was doing the same thing as others, even though he was um, he was crucified. Um, so this person is saying, "If you are Christ, save yourself and us." And the most beautiful thing is what happened in verse 40. And let's read let's read all together. It says that. The other, so we read one of them, let's say the one who was at his right hand, we don't know, we just say it. Um, he says, save yourself and us. But the one who was at his left hand, it says, he rebuked him. He rebuked the other thief and says, do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? It says in verse 41, and we indeed justly, for we received the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And we will come back to verse 42 just in a second. But let's think about this man. He, he's accepting his condition. He's accepting um, what's going on to him. Like if you do something wrong, you deserve punishment. If you do something wrong, um, you deserve a condemnation or you deserve a, you deserve a rebuke. And this man, when we saw that the other thief was sort of tempting the Lord Jesus and saying, save yourself and us, perhaps something click in his conscience, in the conscience of, of the second thief. And he says, do not fear God, you are under the same condemnation. And this thief acknowledges that the Lord Jesus, he didn't do anything wrong. But he also acknowledges that he did something wrong, that the thieves, they were hanged on the cross. Why? Because they did something wrong. And the beautiful thing about this thief One of the things that we can learn from him is that he accepted. He acknowledged that he is a sinner. He acknowledged that he was receiving the righteous condemnation. And if we apply this to ourselves, we can think, all right, I have done wrong things. I can say I'm a sinner. And you can say, I deserve condemnation. I deserve deserve to be punished because... I'm doing the wrong thing. Um, And we learn from him. That's, That's something amazing that we can learn. That we have to acknowledge that God is right. That the Lord Jesus is a righteous man. That he didn't do anything wrong. But that we deserved what he went through. In verse 42, now if we go back, it says, He said to the Lord Jesus, or to Jesus Lord, Remember me, when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, As surely I say to you, today today you will be with me in paradise. So the thief acknowledges that he's a sinner, that he is under the righteous condemnation, but he also acknowledges that the Lord Jesus he didn't do anything wrong, that he's perfect, that he is just there because um the Pharisees and the Sadducees they just plotted against him. Um But he also think that the Lord Jesus one day will come. And he was able to say to the Lord, remember me. And how beautiful it is that the Lord Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. So that means that um, this guy, we can say, went to heaven. That's another question we can ask. Are you sure you are going to heaven? Are you sure you are going to spend your eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ? And from these three stories, I just want to select or to choose some similarities between them and, and, and our lives as, as those who need the Lord Jesus Christ. In the first example, again, we think that we are not able to love God with all our strength, with all our mind, with all our soul and with all our heart because we are sinners because we have done wrong things, because there is nothing in us. We are helpless as, as that man who was half dead. Um, we also learn from that story that the priest, the obeying of the commandments of God is impossible for us. They cannot help us. We learn that the Levite of being religious, going to church or giving money to the poor just for the sake of being accepted to God is It's not possible. The Levite cannot help me, but only the Samaritan. He's the one who can have compassion (laughs) on you. He's the one who can forgive your sins. He's the one who can save you. And from the second story, we can can acknowledge that um, what we can do to be saved is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and then we can be saved. And then from the last story, we can sort of combine all together saying that we need to repent. We need to acknowledge ourselves that we are sinners, that the Lord Jesus is perfect, that he didn't do anything wrong, that he didn't deserve the cross, but that he did that because he loved you and he loved me. And what we can do according to the scriptures, one of, them, one of my favorite verses is John 3.16. And from John 3.16, um, we learn, it says, that God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting, everlasting life. Let's say you, are, you die, let's say that you are being judged by God, let's say that all your life is on a screen, let's say that... Um, God is before you and let's say that he's testing you according to the, to the commandments or to his law. And then um, all the wrong things that you did in your life are there displayed. But the most beautiful thing is that you can say um, the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in him and in believing in him, I receive forgiveness and he's able to heal me to show compassion on me and to forgive all those bad things that I did in my life. We learn as the thief that is not about doing things but acknowledging that you are a sinner. Do you think that the thief was doing a lot of good works and that's why he deserved to be into paradise? I guess no. I guess the lo- this thief he acknowledges that he was a sinner. And he believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he deserved to go to paradise. Because of what the Lord Jesus did in that cross. So tonight what I'm just trying to tell you. Or perhaps the lessons that we have learned throughout the whole camp. Are that the Lord Jesus loved you and loved me. And the Lord Jesus went through a lot to to save you and to save me. He went through suffering from all those who went around him, we, we remember how he was forsaken by his friends. We remember how the Lord Jesus was forsaken by the Father when he was dealing with your sins and my sins. We learn how the Lord Jesus, how he humbled himself. He took a position that was very lowly. And he did that because he loved you and he loved me. We learn that the Lord Jesus, he... He was showing compassion to to the multitudes. we learned that the lord jesus he's the Son of God, and he took that place in the cross. He was crucified for you and for me and what we can do tonight, what we can do this afternoon is as the jailer to believe in him and to be saved and as the um, the one who was stolen and the one who was half dead to Um, to receive the help from the Samaritan. And basically the invitation this afternoon, that before you leave this camp, you will be able to say, I am saved because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And according to the scriptures, if I believe in him, I should not perish, but have everlasting life. So you have eternal life. Why? Because the Lord Jesus loved God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if I believe in him, that righteousness can be passed on me. That's what the Lord Jesus is able to do to you and to me. He's able to forgive forgive all our sins. He's able to do all this good, just if you believe in him. That's the invitation this, this afternoon, that you can enjoy a relationship with the Father, a relationship with God, through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to share perhaps something um, personal um, and is a little bit of um, my experience with with the Lord Jesus Christ. So I would say that maybe four years I was sitting down where you are um, in my country and someone shared this with me and um, I had two options. One, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Or the second one, to let, the, to let th- things go as it were. But um, I'm sure that God is working in your life. I'm sure that God is speaking to you. And I'm sure that today as I had that opportunity and I received the Lord Jesus Christ and was saved. You today have that opportunity too. And you can believe in him and your life can be transformed and you can enjoy this eternal life um, forever. Um, let's pray, and then let's um, let the Lord continue speaking to your life through, throughout this camp. Let the Lord help you to believe in Him, and to those that have already believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as as His savior, to as His savior to to live for Him, the One who died for us in the cross, the One who did all those things because He loved us, and and that's so wonderful. That's a beautiful love that He showed us, and that's a beautiful love that we can enjoy. And let's just pray and 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 give thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ for for His great work in that cross. Lord Jesus, we we give you thanks for for your great love. Thank you for. For showing compassion and for being so good. Lord Jesus, thank you for helping us when we were death, when we were death in our sins, when we were separated with the Father. Lord Jesus, thank you that you you healed us, you you forgave our sins, you you help us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that when we acknowledged that we were sinners, that we deserve condemnation, that we deserve punishment. You were able to be there to, to show us your salvation and to show us how you are the only one to save. And as the jailer, we were able to say, what shall I do to be saved? But we were able to get the answer and it's to believe in you and to be saved. And Lord Jesus, thank you that you help us to acknowledge our sins, to acknowledge that you didn't do anything wrong, and you were in that cross because you loved us. And, and we pray this, this afternoon that if anyone here that has not believed on you, that that this word may be effective to the hearts and that we just pray, Lord Jesus, that you may continue working in the hearts of, of those who are listening to, to your word. We, we give you thanks for the great opportunity to share about you, your life, your death, your resurrection and how... You are the one, the exalted one. We give you thanks, Lord Jesus, for your great love shown to the whole world. We give you thanks for you dying in my place, in our place, and in those who believe in you. And we pray in your name and we commit to you the rest of the afternoon in your hands. Amen. Amen.